Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Podcast, a recap of the week in Atlanta sports, created by Atlanta sports fans for Atlanta sports fans. Welcome to episode 42 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. It's been a weird few weeks. I missed the previous week. Garrett's out this week. Reason unknown. Jeremy's Mr. Consistent. I don't, I don't think you ever miss days, Jeremy. Not yet, no. Um. <laughs> You're building up quite the sick leave. I'm impressed. So Can we can we get before we start, I think we we have to talk about I mean, what happened yesterday. A city north of us, north of Atlanta anyway, got finally got rid of somebody that we never wanted, or they never wanted. Of course I'm talking about Tag McC- No, sorry, Vic Beasley. <laughs> I'm about to say, do you have Same information thing. I don't have? Same thing. I mean, <laughs> pack of next year. So. That is same player. Same player. Except Vic had one really good year. Yeah. He always, find, always finds the ability to find the block, regardless of who's who he's facing. It's just, you know, it's nothing burger. So. Yeah, he had uh, three total tackles this year for uh, for the Titans. They paid him nine point five million dollars, which yeah. bless them. And the I wish I could find the back and forth from earlier in the year to where I was talking with Titans fans about how they said that it was hard. I mean, we have a terrible defensive scheme last year. I, I agree on that, but that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Vic Beasley doesn't care about playing football. Yeah, he no he has no no motor for football. No. Uh, my understanding, obviously, I've never met Vic Beasley, but my understanding is he's a he's a pretty fantastic dude. I want to say yeah. he's he's redirecting some of his attention to to going into the ministry uh, and helping churches and and preaching. And uh, it sounds like he's going to use his resources he's gotten from football in a positive way. But uh, we can judge him on the football field, and on the football field, he was not good. Yep. And the Titans found that out. Yeah, at least he's putting the money he used or he made to good work. But yeah, he nobody's going to miss him on the football field. I mean, he was a fantastic Clemson, but it just didn't translate in the NFL for whatever reason. So, and he was fantastic that Super Bowl run, right? I mean, it was we had the number one sack leader in the NFL at, at, for the Falcons. So, um, yeah, that, that year uh, that year we had a pretty. I mean, it was our best probably defensive line we've had in a while. Though, I mean, it was kind of. Gave him lots of opportunities that he didn't have pretty much every other year he was there because we never got another consistent threat on the other side. So, yeah, I agree. He he definitely had some help and he had some coaching. Was that uh, was it OCU Manure that was here then that was sort of mentoring him? Or no, it was it was Freeney, wasn't it? Wasn't mm-hmm. Dwight Freeney here then? Yeah, yeah. So, was... and Freeney was was mentoring him, and I think that had a big impact on him. Uh, because I remember they talked about after Freeney retired of trying to get him to be a D-line coach here uh, to continue working with Vic Beasley. But, uh, but yeah, that's obviously doesn't matter to us because he wasn't with us. Titans got to see firsthand his lack of interest in hitting people. And uh, he is no longer part of the Titans. That was that was quick. How much of that $9 million, So five hundred grand he gave away immediately, right? Because he didn't show up to camp in the beginning. Yeah. So they fined him half a million dollars. So... Went from nine point five to a nine million dollar deal. How much is that nine million? Does he does he leave with? Is that's not fully guaranteed nine million, right? That's a good question, Daniel. Uh, I don't. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's guaranteed or not. This is where we need Garrett's Googling abilities. Hey, Garrett, check to see how much of Vic Beasley's $9 million is on, uh, is he getting paid and get back to us, Garrett. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, there's certain cases where it's guaranteed, but I don't don't know the specific contract. Yeah. Well, sticking with the Falcons, and, and I actually, you know what? We mentioned Vic Beasley's twin, Tack a.k.a. McKinley. Tack McKinley. So why don't we just stay there first? Sack Tack McKinley. McKinley is, is not, yes, single sack, not sacks, sack. He has one. So Tack McKinley is not happy with the Falcons. He took to Twitter to complain that they had not taken a trade offer for him. Apparently, well, the, Falcons, the Falcons should not be happy with him. I'm not happy with him. I mean, he came into the league with a picture of his grandma promising big things. He's not lived up to that promise. (laughs) I love that you went with a picture of his grandma. Dropping Uh, F-bombs, if I remember. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I like the passion. I I thought it would translate into somebody who was really interested in becoming a great player. And I think injury, I mean, injuries have hurt him a lot because he's... Yeah, his, he can't stay healthy. Yeah. We talked about it at the beginning of the year when it was when we were getting started that every time you see him dive for somebody to tackle him and stretch out to, to trip up the feet and he lands on his chest and shoulders, you know those shoulders are getting messed up again. So, And that was the case this year. Is the shoulders didn't hold up again. Uh, and I want to say hamstring too. Was there a leg or a hip? No, groin. There we go. His groin uh, had an issue. Uh, so... Yeah, he he can't stay healthy. No. And so, that, I, yeah, mean, he, I, <laughs> I love you say that that the Falcons shouldn't be happy with him. <laughs> they shouldn't be happy. And I just don't know what Dimitrov is doing. Like, if you if it what he said was correct about last year, he said he got offered a second round pick for Tack McKinley. If that is the case, <laughs> good gracious, like. <laughs> They were saying we could have traded Freeman for a pick last year. We could have traded Tack for. I'm sure like I'm hoping that's not correct. I don't know how Tack would have known that they would have offered a second round pick for him. Unless that's an odd statement to make, though. I mean, that is that is a strange. Uh, I don't. I, that is strange. Maybe maybe it's accurate. I, I like you said. I hope not because if they offered a second round pick for McKinley, you're you're giving that up all day. You know the guy can't stay healthy. Like you're seeing what he's doing in practice. You're seeing, obviously, he's not producing on the field. Let him go. Yeah, Freeman, too, the fact we didn't get a deal there. And even this year with Tack, like they're saying that we turned down a – we wanted a fourth-round pick for Tack McKinley this year. No way in their right mind is giving us a fourth-round pick. Yeah, who cares? So, Just trade him. Good luck, good grief. Like, if we got a fifth or sixth or seventh-round pick, I'd be happy. Uh, just get something because the guy's not going to give you anything on the field. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's a pick going forward. I mean, you never know what you, I mean, you could turn that fifth into Grady Jarrett. I mean, you just yeah. never know. How how does McKinley play again for the Falcons? Like, after what we just, like, he knows he's on the trade block. He's mad he's on the trade block. He wants traded. The Falcons don't pull the trigger. He goes to Twitter and complains about the organization and how bad they are. Can you put him on the field again, or is it just... See attack is 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 Tack going to play again? Or are we going to see him Sunday versus Denver? Well, he's hurt, of course, so we're not going to see him Sunday against Denver. But was <laughs> was he hurt, or did they just hold him out because they thought they were going to trade him? 
Well, See, I think he missed the Panthers game, not because he was injured, but because they thought he was going to get traded. And, and let's be honest, there's a chance he's going to get hurt if he plays. Yeah, Morris said he was hurt. He said he was not. He was going to miss this game because of injury. So, I, I think he was hurt, but which is even more dumbfounding that a team would give up a fifth or sixth round pick for him. It's like just take the pick. Good grief. Yeah. I, I mean, somebody for some of the decisions in Mitrov made. I mean, we deserve it. Like somebody should get answers from him. I mean, I wish Peter King would have asked him actual questions instead of doing like a profile for his next job. I mean, that, cause I mean, Thomas, were you surprised that you were fired? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I that, was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Was there yeah. video of this interview? Because how could you have a straight face and say, I, I didn't think I was going to get fired. Yeah. He was the only person in Atlanta that was shocked that he got fired. <laughs> I mean, maybe him and uh DQ, but, there wasn't a lot of surprise there. I mean, it was just yeah. yeah. That was sort of the highlight of that interview was was him saying that he was was surprised he was getting fired and how he was he knew that that after talking with Arthur he understood that Arthur had to be accountable to the fans. My big my big thing is Thomas, you had to be accountable to the fans and you weren't right. Not only did you draft terribly for the most part, you got to give him some credit where where he had you know the. The Deion Jones, the Grady Jarrett's. I mean, you can't miss on Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. I say, I mean, he could have missed on Matt Ryan. Those some of those picks are good, but he yeah, has I mean, too many that are that are just terrible. Um, and leaves us in a cap situation that's, that's one terrible. of the worst in the NFL. Oh, good grief! Like, I mean, we're in like a Saints level cap situation, and yeah. we've won no Super Bowl. You know, we're, we've been bad for two years. It's like I, I don't know how you do that when you've had two the last two years like we have. It, it it puts the next general manager and coach in a situation where they're going to struggle, right? They're going to struggle till some of these deals come off the books. Deals like, like Julio Jones, who we've, we've addressed many times, but we love Julio Jones, but we, that contract is, is brutal. Yeah. I understand he's the best receiver in the NFL, but again, you don't win Super Bowls because you have the best receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to be able to address the defensive line other than through the draft. And, you know, we've already seen like, just because you're drafting in the first round, you know, if we don't go quarterback, because we don't have a high enough pick, if we go defensive end again, I mean, let's be honest, our track record record getting defensive ends is not, it's not very good. Uh, it's, it's bad. So I don't, I don't know how the next GM and coach is going to address, address the team to improve it. Or if they're just going to look to tank and drop cap and pick up picks. I mean, who do you say from this offensive line, too? I mean, I, 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 Jake Matthews. Oh, good grief. Like, I'm ready for Jake Matthews' experience to be over. <laughs> like, he's yeah, going to pay way too much to be an average. An a, just, yeah, he's, just he's below an average, average left tackle. And I think we're being generous to say, I, I mean, average. I mean, he gets he gets beat a lot. Alex Mack was fantastic when he came here, but you can you can see Alex Mack just watching him over the past several years. Really, to me, since he broke his leg prior to the Super Bowl, there's been a little bit of a of a, a downgrade every year with his ability, and that's that's not a knock on him. Like he, Father Time never loses, 
And uh, so it's starting to catch up with Alex Mack a little bit. Um, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see. I'd love for them to get some snaps towards the end of the season. You know, Matt Ryan gets magical turf toe and, and Schaub has to come in and, and see Hennessy in there at center, who's sort of the future. They drafted him to be sort of the future at center and see if we have anything there. Uh, I know he's played a little bit of guard, but reality is he's he's a center. So I'd like to see at the end of the year him get a few snaps. I would have been happy even if they'd found a way to get Alex Mack off the books this year and go ahead and trade him for something uh, and, and let Hennessy start getting snaps. But I think Matt Ryan may have revolted if that had happened. Yeah, but that's a missed opportunity. I mean, Alex Mack is not your center long term. I mean, he he's been really good for us, and I you know, I wish we would have sent him to a place where he could compete for a playoff berth and maybe even a championship. Because I mean, he he deserves that. He's that kind of player. I mean, yeah. there's, and I mean, we really need to kind of reset the whole offensive lineman offensive line and you know i think hopefully some of the young guards that we've got and like you said hennessy turns out to be okay and then we just kind of have to find our tackles which is the sort hardest of important part. Yeah. yeah sort of important i mean you don't think matthews is the answer long term do you no no I, I i think the matthews deal you didn't really have a choice you had to sign him uh, because I mean, what we're going to do, there was nothing really in free agency, I believe, that year when he was coming up for for his contract, and you know, you you invest draft capital in that left tackle position, or do you pay him, kind of thing. And so they're between sort of a rock and a hard place. I just think they paid him too much, uh, and not necessarily where he he fell in in line with with sort of the quality of other left tackles around the NFL. He's getting paid top five money to be a thirteenth to eighteenth level left tackle. We I mean, we gave Jamon Brown <laughs> <laughs> good guard money to be a uh, one of the worst guards I've ever seen in my life. That was bad. That was bad. So yeah, the offensive line. I'd like to say the right side of it's okay. McGarry has times when I'm like, oh, this guy's figured it out. And then he has times when you're like, he's going to get Matt Ryan killed. Yeah. Uh, Gono, Matt Gono over there on the play some right tackle as well. I thought actually he looked better at times than McGarry. So I, you know, I think he might have something there uh, with, with Gono, Gano. I don't know how to say his name. But, uh, but yeah, the, the other side is still a work in progress. And we don't know what we have in Hennessy yet. So, That'll be uh, that'll be an, <laughs> both lines of scrimmage. We got quite a few things on the list for the general manager to take care of. You know, it seems like Rich McKay at least knew how to build off of line better than Dimitrov. I mean, you think back to like Cons and Claybo and you know players like that that we had back in that period. Hang on, did you say Cons? Did you say did you say Cons? You didn't like I'm my joke. Sure you wrote an article on the website about how bad Peter Kahn's was. You didn't like my Con- Peter Kahn's joke. <laughs> that was another Thomas Dimitrov signing. Yeah, I know. But no, I know, I know what no, you're talking about. Yeah, our, no, our Con- old offensive Con- line were mauled. Kahn's was a second round pick out of Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Lamar Holmes also was a. <laughs> he was also a second round pick, I believe. 
It's very easy to, to say these names and laugh at them, but if they were in the room with us, there'd be zero laughter because they're enormous human beings, but simply don't get the job done on the line. I'm sure they're wonderful people. Like <laughs> Big Beasley. So lots of work for the general manager to do. I, I'm still up in the air on who that guy's going to be. Uh, the name you hear most often is, and it's going to leave me now that I'm about to think of it, ESPN, Monday Night Football, Bail me out here. Where are you going with this, Daniel? The Broncos? We're going to play the Broncos? <laughs> Hang on. Start. Continue talking. I don't know where you get. I don't know do, where do, you're do, trying do, to go with this. Do, do, do. Un momento, por favor. <laughs> Harvey Dahl. This is. Doll. Cr- this is the- <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Dahl was a good offensive lineman. He was nasty. Yes, he was. I agree to that. There he is, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick works ESPN. Been in, uh, actually, was part of the Falcons organization a long time ago. He's the only name I really know of and hear hear uh, them talk about as a possible fit moving forward. But who knows with general managers? So, but yeah, either way, again, they've got a lot to work on. We do need to talk though, Jeremy, about. What happened this past uh, past Thursday night? Oh, I have another. I have another talent person that I was thinking about probably bringing into the Falcons. If you want to hear it, if it has anything to do with Paul Johnson, <laughs> the answer is no. He worked in Atlanta, and he made he did more with less talent than I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's Paul Johnson. <laughs> He's not a very good coach in the NFL, but I think he'd be a good GM. <laughs> oh my gosh. People aren't going to take us seriously if you continue this Paul Johnson nonsense. I mean, listens were already down last week. I'm blaming it on the fact that the star of the show wasn't there, aka this guy. We also lost the we lost the Braves, which are a big draw. So That is true. We'll get to them later in the show. Uh, but all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened last Thursday with the Panthers. Falcons, when we when they win, we don't want them to. When they lose, we want them to win. So they can't seem to do anything right, Jeremy. What are are we good enough to be a playoff team, and we just botch things up? Yes. Or are we really bad, and we just beat another really bad team? No, I mean, our talent is good enough to be a playoff team. Our coaching previously was not good enough to be a playoff Because I think even with Raheem Morris, I think we're, you know, three and three and three or we're three and three going into that pass game at least. And then see how that goes. But I mean, because the coaching was just incompetent for most of the season. I, mean, I have to agree. Jeff Ulbrich has been, as far as defensive coordinator, I've, I've thought has been a huge improvement because he, he doesn't play that Quinn Vent defense, wow. that cover three nonsense and play off. He, he blitzes guys. We're seeing Deion Jones get to the quarterback. Uh, you're seeing our linebackers sending – linebackers getting pressure. They're sending corner blitzes. You know, they're, they're being creative and getting after the quarterback, which, which is fun to see. Yeah, because I mean, we we made Nick Foles look like Joe Montana basically when we played the, that second half in the Bears game. So it's just having some competency at, at 
defensive coordinator and you know I think even I think Raheem Morris has upgraded over Dan Quinn. I think he's just got a better kind of idea of you know how how to put a game plan together and uh I think he holds the players accountable it seems like. I don't think there was any accountability with Dan Quinn. Yeah, he definitely was a players coach. Um Raheem the dream definitely is not the future coach of the Falcons. I would love for him to be the future coach of the Falcons. Like I doesn't matter to me who the coach is as long as we win, as long as we have a direction of sort of an identity of what we want to be and do and then follow through with that. Uh, we didn't really do that with uh, with Dan Quinn. I think we sort of jumped around the board with what we wanted to be. And uh, it doesn't matter to me if it's Raheem Morris or whoever, as long as we're, we're a competitive winning football team. Uh, but I think Raheem Morris shot himself in the foot uh, with the chance to be head coach with that loss uh, prior to the Panthers uh, and just sort of the mismanagement of that game. The Panthers win, though. <laughs> First, the Panthers are not very good. No. Let's be honest. Teddy Bridgewater, all these people that want to continue this nonsense about how Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback have lost their mind, partly because the guy wears two gloves. If you wear two gloves and you're the quarterback of an NFL football team, you shouldn't be the quarterback of an NFL football team. Right? Can't wear two gloves. Just, it's just You just can't do it. You just can't do it. Not allowed. Yeah, I mean, that. that's not... I mean, we, we lost to them, what, three weeks, two weeks before that, three weeks before that? So it's just... It's it's game... And that's why I say, I think we're... We got play... We got the players to be a playoff team. I mean, we definitely have the offense to be a playoff team if we have a legitimate offense coordinator, which... Unfortunately, we, we don't have at this point. I mean, even when we're winning games, I mean, it's our offense has not been impressive all but one game. Yeah, there was one game where we were texting back and forth going, holy cow, like Dirk is actually calling a really good game here. Yeah, the Vikings game. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and we've seen the Vikings are, are horrendous. Uh, yeah, so they're, that, all, they're awful. <laughs> that might have helped. Yeah. That might have helped quite a bit. But, yeah. I'm happy you actually mentioned a little bit of the offense because Todd Gurley continues to get quite a bit of praise for being sort of a great running back here in Atlanta. And I, I, I still say that he he's favors that knee, uh, which I don't blame him, right? Like I've got a, a, a bad knee and I, I would do the same thing if I was if I was suffering from a knee injury like he is. But he tried to give that game away to the Panthers when instead of burning out the clock and going at a guy and taking a hit, he steps out of bounds to avoid the hit and stops the clock. And I mean, to me, way, not enough the, gets gets said about stuff like that. Like if you watch Todd Gurley throughout the year, he does he has decent yardage. I mean, nothing out, you know, nothing great. You know, he's gonna he gives you decent enough yardage, but explosiveness, willing to hit somebody, delivering punishment, he doesn't do any of those things. And I actually think Brian Hill is is a more explosive, more explosive running back out of the backfield. Uh, and Todd Gurley to me was one of the people on that list as we were talking earlier about trades. And I know it's not Madden, right? We can't just get rid of everybody, but you're talking about a, a one-year guy. Like, get a third, four. You're not going to get a third. Get a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick for Todd Gurley. Fine by me. Like, let the dude go. I still want to see more Quadre Allison back there. He came in for a little bit of short yardage stuff against the Panthers. 
Uh, and he's just a big bruising back. But yeah, I've, I'm up and down on Gurley. There's days, there's there's games, and I'm like, man, Gurley looks pretty good. And then there's games where I'm like, man, Gurley just doesn't have it anymore. Are you seeing that same thing, or am I just overly critical? Yeah, it's hard to say how much is him and how much is our O line. I mean, I I don't think our offensive line is very good this year. So you know, at times it seems like he's getting hit as soon as he gets the ball. So uh, I've been fairly impressed with him. I, I thought he's had moments. Obviously, the lack of awareness the past two games have been kind of disheartening. When, like you said, he stepped out of bounds last game that could have cost cost us, and then the game before he scored when he should have just went down. I and love then, that the audio came out. Yeah, Matt Ryan is <laughs> Mister Fall on the Sword, right? Audio came out. Matt. Well, the first interview after the game did Todd really Did anybody tell him to? To, uh, to not to not to score and Matt Ryan I, you know sort of beat around the bush didn't want to place blame yeah. you know we've got to do a better job audio comes out from NFL films Matt Ryan Todd don't score get the first down and go down don't score Correct. right before they snap the ball and you're like yeah. what are you doing man you see him almost get tackled the guy tackling him was like oh wait I'm gonna let this go Oh. And Todd Gurley tries to stop himself. That was that was the most Atlanta Falcons thing ever. Yeah. Wrapped up into one play. That was brutal. Yeah. But I mean that's that's the thing. And that's why games like the Panthers games are so annoying because we had all these games store early in the season where we just basically handed the team the game at the end. And so now we're winning these games that are I mean we're we're all but eliminated from playoff contention at this time. I mean, we'd have to go like what eight and one. <laughs> or what? what are we two? Yeah. I don't even know what our record is now. I sort of have lost hope. We're we two and six, so we're we're eight games in. So we got eight left. So we'd have to go. Oh, geez. Yeah, we're. <laughs> Hang on. If you go eight, no, How you're. Come I get a hard time about math, and you're having a hard time here with addition. No, I'm not having a hard time with addition. I'm trying to do it on the fly. So if we get if we go 8-0, we're 10 and 6 at the end of the year. So that so kind of telling me there's a chance. No, I'm telling you that there's no way this team will go 8-0. You don't think we're gonna beat the Chiefs or the Saints or the Bucks? No. Yeah, I think we lose all those games. I think five and eleven, something like that is probably where we end up. But five and eleven gets us like a Oh, I'm Sixth, aware of what seventh. Five Love gives us. Like, that doesn't get us a quarterback. I love you, Matt Ryan, but you got to go eventually. Give me I some mean, Justin Fields. I mean, that's where that's where if we were smart, we'd we'd see what we had in a lot of these young players, so we know if they're something we can work with in the future. I mean, you bring in Hennessy to see what he has at center. You know you. You see what you have in the young defensive pieces, what you have in your court, young quarterback. And I, I so we're jumping around a lot tonight. And that's fine by me. Sort of how my brain operates, anyways. I've been impressed with some of the young defensive pieces with a couple of I shouldn't say all of them, with a couple of them. I thought AJ Terrell has had has had moments where he's looked like, you know, that was a decent pick. Yep. Uh Foyer Aluacon. Yeah, he's been uh, has been best has player been really well, good this year. Yeah, behind Grady, he's been your best defense player. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, against Dallas, he basically won that game for you. Uh, if you didn't then proceed to give it up in the second half where he punches out two, two balls and does he fall on one of those as well? Maybe recovers one of them, but yeah, like he, he's been tremendous. The Michael Walker, uh, who plays a little safety, plays a little linebacker. I thought he's looked really good at times for, for a rookie. Uh, somebody that, that you can at least look at and say he's a player, right? If he's going to continue to develop, he'll be a really good player. Uh, but there are some pieces, even some young pieces over there. Uh, it's just, to me, it, it's not in the positions that are the most important, right? Uh, and I don't understand why general managers don't look at this the same way, but you often hear sort of pundits and former players talk about the most important positions are the ones that are closest to the football, right? So you're talking offensive and defensive lines, and then your quarterbacks and your linebackers, right? Like, I don't have to spell it out. Like, we can see that. But the closer you are to the football is the more important the position it becomes. So, But we don't seem to invest as the Falcons. We don't seem to invest in our players in that way. We, we seem to like our, the shiny things like that defensive back or uh, the fancy running back or the Julio Jones at wide receiver. But the, the biggest impact on the game happens in those trenches. And almost as long as I can remember as a Falcons fan, we, we don't have those pieces. Yeah, but the problem is not that we didn't try. I mean, the last couple of years we've – He's made picks to try to improve the offense with Eve Line. He just really bad he was really bad at it. So I mean you've got Is it Oliver, is it he Oliver. was really bad at it or DQ was really bad at it? Because they sort of went hand in hand with these picks, right? Well yeah, but at some point, I mean he wasn't any better when Mike Smith was the coach. So Yeah. Poor Mike Smith. But I mean Oliver oof, man. It, it's bad. been rough. And then uh, I can't I can't remember the LSU Jalen Collins. That's the same. Yes, yes. Oof. He had moments. Drugs were a problem. Uh, Other than had, that, he, he had, had moments. One, he had one moment, and the, I think you're you got rosy color glasses on that one. That was that was not a good pick. Oh man. But yeah, I mean, the, I mean, he tried to improve the offensive line. Was it two years ago? I mean, we we had the two draft picks. We brought in Lynch from McGarry. Yeah, Garrett's and, heart condition guy that he always complains about. Yeah, and Jamon Brown and a couple more <laughs> wonderful <laughs> agents. <laughs> that was our. That was Jamon Brown. Also, who was the other guy? Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Who's still here? And he's he's still. Is he playing left guard right now, I believe? And Hennessy sort of rotates in with him some. Well. Yeah. But we yeah, we've got work to do. The Falcons, yeah, we, it's depressing to be an Atlanta Fal- Falcons fan. It's depressing to be an Atlanta sports fan in general. Uh this this podcast is sort of our uh, our therapy session each week to be able to talk out talk out the problems. But we do have some bright things to look forward to in the future. It's called the Braves. Uh, yes, called the Braves. Uh, free agency is around the corner. NFL draft is not that far away. NFL draft, NBA draft is not that far away either, uh, which is sort of exciting. Although I don't think there's really a, a consensus number one pick in this one. Um, but I'm always excited about the NBA draft, but we've got some bright stuff coming up. Uh, major league baseball with that free agency period as well. Uh, the Braves have a bunch of free agents. Uh, they didn't offer qualifying offers to any of them that, that, Qualifying period was this past Sunday, uh, and none of them got offered qualifying offers. 
To be clear, though, Marcelo Zuna could not be offered because he was offered last year by the Cardinals. And across Major League Baseball, only six people were offered qualifying offers. So it's really not that big a deal. When I first heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, what are the Braves doing? But reality is, is it's not that big a deal uh, with those uh, those free agents. So well, it's not going to be a good year for free agents. I mean, it's just not. You know, financially, no. I mean, you're, you have no clue what's going to happen with the season next year. I mean, there's no certainty about whether or not they'll be allowed to have fans. And teams were hemorrhaging money this year. Like, not a little bit of money. Tons of money this year yeah. that, that teams lost. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had the situation where we don't have a lot of players signed until, you know, beginning of next year, closer to spring training. Cause, yeah, right before camp starting or once camp starts. Yeah, maybe we'll have more of an understanding what the season will be like. But at this point, we have no clue. I mean, February is, you know, spring training. I mean, pitchers and catchers report. And that's yeah. not too far away from here, so. All right, let's go through the the free agents for this upcoming season. Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down on if you want to keep. Actually, not a thumbs up because people can't see that. So give me a yay or a nay. Unless you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget about the Atlanta Sports Podcast on YouTube. You can just go to YouTube, search the Atlanta Sports Podcast, and bam, you get to see our shining faces. Mine's a little bit more shiny as I have less hair. Jeremy's rocking the... uh, uh, Jimmy Neutron look over there. It's the coronavirus haircut. <laughs> All right, so give me a yay or a nay on these uh, on these upcoming free agents for the Braves. Realizing, right, that some are going to be cheaper than others and we got to have roster spots filled. Tyler Flowers, you bringing him back? No. <laughs> that was quick, but I'm with you. I think we've got some depth in the minor leagues to be able to pull from uh, for that backup catcher spot. Uh, Adani Echeverria. No. All right, you got to say that louder. I have no idea what you just said. No. There we go. No. I know where you're going on this one. Nick Marquegas. <laughs> no. Poor guy. He could not hit a fastball this, this no, season. It was, it was sort of sad because, yeah, he, he struggled. Felt bad for the dude. Yeah, I mean, he was a great he was a great player, and he had a couple of decent seasons with us as well. But, yeah, I think he's – Kind of past his prime. He's got some uh, some pretty amazing records. Uh, mm-hmm. I was listening when he passed Babe Ruth on all time doubles. Uh, anytime he passed Babe Ruth on something, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, he was a he was a great player, especially in his years in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Which man, he was on a bad team in Baltimore. All right, Mar- Marcel Azuna, you bringing him back? Because DH, I'm hearing, is a no go. <sighs> Although, let's, I'm hearing it's a no go, but. You know they're going to be they're going to be in uh, negotiations with the owners this year, this summer, winter, whatever. Yeah. I I don't know. I how you bet t- money that part of that negotiation is going to be the owners took the DH away. Right. Yeah. The reality is it's just a bargaining piece to me in these negotiations where they're going to end up giving that back. So that's my opinion. I still think we have the DH. I think taking it away is just part of that negotiation that's about to take place uh, leading into this next season. Yeah, I don't know why you'd ever take it away either. I mean, it was more entertaining to watch with the NL teams having a DH. I mean, you, nobody wants to watch the pitcher flail around with the bat. It's yeah. just not. So, I mean, Azuna's tough because I think whether you bring him back or not is determined by whether or not they have a DH. Because he's a, I mean, 
He's a butcher in left field. I mean, it's just, it's not pretty. Yeah, I think the DH is there. So let's say the DH is there. Are you signing him? Yeah, I'd like to sign him if, it, if the DH is there. I mean, I think he's got good. He's shown a lot better plate discipline the last two years. I mean, obviously, he was almost MVP caliber last year. Yeah. So, and, and a big part of it to me, too, is it's people might make fun of it and say it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a huge deal, that clubhouse, right? And the, the guys, the, the, they like each other. They play for one another, pick each other up. Uh, that's a huge deal when you're talking about a full season of baseball, right? You got to like the guys you're in that clubhouse with, and he he was definitely a, a, a favorite in that clubhouse. He sort of fit right in. Uh, so I'd love I'd love for them to bring him back. I don't want to pay him crazy money. I'd be willing to go a little bit overboard, but uh, you know, there's going to be teams that maybe jumping in there to offer some crazy deals where we might have to look at at other options. Which I like next week to maybe break down. Some of the available free agents and who we, who we want the Braves to target. Don't say Trevor Bauer or Trey Targets. <laughs> There's a third baseman in Colorado that I would like to trade for. Oh my gosh! If if that happens, you're gonna have to they're gonna have to bring you on to interview him because you've been calling for this for the since we started the podcast and we're on episode 42, so it's been a while. That's true. So all right, so you'd like to bring Marcelo Zuno back. I have to ask it because it's on the list. Pablo Sandoval. Who cares? <laughs> he had some at bats in the playoffs. I, I don't know what was happening with that. I mean, yeah, he didn't play like we signed him, and then we bring him to get playoff at bats. I mean, I, Snicker was one. I thought he did a wonderful job in the playoffs for the most part. I mean, you're gonna have one or two decisions that don't work out the way you you want him to, and you can second guess them, but. I thought he was, you know, 100% better than he was the year before. So, yeah, I agree. But the, the Zuna, I'm sorry, the Sandoval by bats didn't make any sense. I mean, just no. And then the bringing in, bringing in Culberson after he hadn't played all year didn't make sense. Yeah, like, didn't use either. him all year. And they're like, oh, yeah, go out there and play. What? what? <laughs> yeah. It shows you had no combats in uh, your other options, but, you know, you, you use those options all season. So that didn't make a ton of sense but yeah i think losing duvall hurt but yeah it definitely did all right another one on the list that i don't even i've never even heard of this guy so i'm gonna say automatic note yangervis salarte no idea who it is uh no yeah we don't cole hamels felix hernandez and tommy malone no we're good there Fulty will also be a free agent, not on that list because he's in the minors. Yeah, the Braves will be post Malone after this year. So, <laughs> all right, this to me is where it gets a little more more difficult. I'm gonna skip some of these ones that don't matter as much, right? Like Shashin, he's like take and leaving doesn't matter. Uh, Darren O'Day is already gone. Chris Rusin doesn't matter. These other three are tough ones in my opinion. Shane Green, Mark Melanson. And Josh Tomlin. I'd like to re-sign Shane Green. The only one on the list you want? I mean, I I wouldn't mind Melanson. I, I, I just don't know how much Melanson has left. I, I mean, he wasn't He's a good 36. last year. He's 36. That's a good call. Yeah, he wasn't as good last year as he was the year before. I mean, I, uh, He had some real favorable at-bats where the ball went where he needed it to go. Yeah. I mean, and, he, and maybe he that's a, just great pitching, but I think he had a little bit of luck on his side. Yeah, he had. I mean, he had an okay playoff 
playoff run. But I mean, I, I think with Green, just the movement he has on his pitches, I mean, it's just nasty at times. Yeah, he was a closer with Detroit. Was an All Star closer the year that he came to Atlanta with Detroit. And yeah, I'm with you. When you watch him throw, the way the ball moves, like the, the there's not many times on camera when you're watching when you're like, holy cow! Like uh-huh. usually it's a either you can't see it or it happens in such a big enough big enough movement where you just don't grasp. It's like Shane Green's throwing a knuckleball, but it's a fastball. It's like it goes all over the place. Yeah, so I I, don't, I definitely like Green, Melanson. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they brought him back, but I, he wouldn't be at the top of my list. It would be Green and Azuna and trading for third baseman for Colorado. I agree. I, I think we let most of those guys go. Tomlin, I wouldn't mind having having back as that long long relief guy, but it would have yeah, to be on the cheap. Yeah, uh, that's, that's fine. If you bring him back on the cheap, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Shane Green to me is the is the number one target there. Uh, because some of those other bullpen guys began to step up, right? Like you could use an AJ Minter as your uh, as your setup guy. Uh, Chris Martin is terrific. Yeah, you've got Chris Martin back there, so I think you could you could lose Melanson, you could lose O'Day, and still have one of the best bullpens in baseball uh, with Green there, uh, you know, anchoring that that bullpen. So a lot of exciting stuff to me for the Braves coming up. I always get excited about uh, the offseason and free agency. Uh, one thing we're going to have to address as we get closer to uh, uh, sort of the start of next year is these these negotiations uh, with the uh, Major League Baseball players and the owners getting together and, and seeing if we have a season next year. Uh, that's, it's not a guarantee, and it's not going to be COVID-related. It's going to be these two groups. The players and owners of Major League Baseball despise one another. Uh, there, is, there is not a lot of trust between those two groups, so uh, – you know, they're not to put a damper on something that hasn't uh, hasn't happened yet. The, the hopes of baseball, but there's a strong possibility that thing doesn't happen next year or it gets delayed big time. Well, they got the agreement done expired till next year, so they'll have, they'll have baseball this year. It's just uh, usually they they like to get a head start on it, like this, you know, off season before, so they have everything worked out, so it doesn't get close to a lockout but it'll be uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see all right jeremy do you have anything else before we uh before we wrap up is there any where is garrett by the way so by the way i had no issues with canadian paperwork ha 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 <laughs> no. yeah so and i should uh, i should point out that i'm actually was born in canada but i was a u.s citizen born abroad do i need to bring my birth certificate on uh that's un- unverified but i did have a uh an idea about who the braves should target in free agency though we didn't go into that are we we're gonna save that to next show no i was shaking my head because i thought you were gonna say <laughs> i thought you were gonna say paul johnson no, tre- trevor <laughs> trevor bauer trevor bauer I was the only one saying how Trevor Bauer was fantastic and we needed to get him before that series with the Reds. And y'all, no, boo, Trevor Bauer, boo. Then you saw Trevor Bauer pitch and you saw that he's a whole lot crazy and be a whole lot of fun to have in Atlanta. And now y'all are on board. Yeah, if you put him him and Azuna and Acuna and Albies, I mean, that would just be fun to watch in my mind. I mean, he'd be good. Although the, the Wainwright rumors are kind of weird. Yeah, that is that. 
part of me says dude's too old, and part of me says dude can still pitch. Yeah, if he's your fifth starter, who cares? I mean, he comes in to pitch with, you know, teach the younger guys how to be a mentor for them. It might be a good idea. I mean, yeah. I, I agree completely. I wouldn't mind having Wayne right here next year. Again, well, yeah. I'm not paying him big money. No, no, no. You I wouldn't mind having him here at all. Yeah, him and but Bauer. I do love that the roster you compile doesn't take anything into account as far as spending money and that the Braves aren't going to spend a ton of money this offseason. If we bring Marcelo Zuna back, it's going to be a shocker to me because I think I think that uh, Liberty Media is going to be going on the cheap. We lose, we lose Cole Hamels, which he was making $18 million. Ridiculous amount of money. Lanson was making a, a lot of money too. It was 15 or $16 million. Shane Green was like nine. So, I mean, yeah. Some- so, Green was 6.2. Melanson was 19 million. Good grief. And you are. And there's one more weird. Uh, well, Marcakis was what? Four or five, I think. He was four, yeah. And then. Azuna got- was 18. Hamels was 18. Melanson <laughs> was Green. 19. We paid Hamels $18 million to start what? Two games. What, like three innings, four innings. Yeah, it wasn't even two games. It was one game, right? How did it, oh yeah, he what didn't even pitch in the spring. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, that so, yeah was, it, that was there's awful. some money coming off, but again, they lost a lot of money uh, with no fans in the, in the ballpark. So we'll see what Liberty Media does. I'd, I'd be shocked. Well, Bauer wants a one year. I mean, he's like the ultimate. That'd be like the ultimate brave one year deal. Because, I mean, Braves love those one-year deals because it doesn't really matter as much. There's nothing to lose with a one-year deal, right? right. Like, yeah. go for it. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's willing to do that, I think, makes him more likely to come to the, be an option for us. If he wanted, like, a 10-year, you know, $300 million deal, I don't think he'd be here. Yeah. Who else is on your list for free agents? No, that's it. You know you know my list. I need, we need a third baseman. From Colorado, <laughs> Trevor Bauer, Shane Green, and Azuna. I think we're good. <laughs> Again, this takes me back to NBA 2K, where Jeremy puts together somehow five all stars on a team prior to there being super teams. It's By like the way, space. he still lost to me and Dirk. That's not true. He beat me one time. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that uh, that wraps it up. Thank you all for listening. Jeremy, thank you for being here. Garrett, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> oh, man. There was an election the other day. Anybody else watch that? No, didn't watch it. Good answer. <laughs> Have a good week. Episode 42 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast is in the books. Please, if you haven't already, check us out on YouTube, the Atlanta Sports Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at ATL Sport Podcast. Join in on the conversation. And you can find our website, the Atlanta Sports Podcast.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and have a great week, Atlanta.